0: Or oh my
1: god! Meet the parents. They they definitely like that whole fucking movie, dude. It, yeah. it, everybody is just so f- And then meet the Fockers. Yes. Good Christ.
2: Oh, they turned well, it off well, well, what, further.
1: What, what inspired casting, all of the choices? It was just, it was fucking insane. It's like, you know.
3: Yeah, they, they definitely made De Niro, like, go. Oh, they probably sat him down and said, look, okay, Uh-oh. we want you to be like Goodfellas De Niro times 10. right? <laughs> and now they,
2: now it's, the, it's the thing that you were saying, Kay. We want you to be this guy's imitation of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: They, they gave him the Robert Stack story, yep, the Robert which yeah. is Stack the story. perfect story. It really is. <laughs> and and it was just like, you know, yeah, uh, do that. But but uh, the, yeah. didn't
2: Pacino, though, really go full Pacino when when he was playing that blind... What was the blind the guy? The blind yeah, lawyer, thing, yeah. The, the scent of a Woman. Scent of a, scent of a, of a woman. woman. Okay, yeah. that's the one you were bringing up. Hoo-wah!
1: Yeah. That's the, well, that is, but I, I, I still say you can see the beginnings of it in that uh, lawyer, lawyer, or whatever the fuck. That, okay. I still can't remember the title of it. So that's a different
3: lawyer movie than this one. Oh, yeah. Because no, that's okay. the one I thought you were talking about. No, no, no. Well, he, he's, yeah, he's Sent not, to the woman, he's yeah. a blind lawyer, so.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. This is, this is earlier. This is, it's a courtroom drama, and it was, hmm. so... But that, that's the one where he has the line, you're out of order, he's out of we're all out of order. See, I almost feel like
3: the journey started with Scarface because he, like, at the end of Scarface, he's really over the top. Yeah. I mean, he's chewing scenery like no one else boy, right. in that film. Oh, yeah. And then he goes back to being a little bit more, you know, sure. subdued, I don't think I'm is the right word. but although, although it's funny
1: because he's so over the top, but he's definitely like this other type of character. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, there's enough. I don't, I, I'm not going to say that it's just the accent, but there's, it, he's, you know, Jesus, that was, that was over the top. It's really funny, too. I just,
2: <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me because when I was growing up, didn't have cable, didn't get to see R-rated films, you know, yeah, you, you know, we're talking, sh- we're talking like yeah. third, fourth grade. Okay? Yeah, you had like a shitty TV antenna, too, that yeah, didn't we really at, pick up out the worlds. Yep. Right. So, yeah, we didn't, I had I had NBC, ABC, CBS, and a <laughs> independent local channel. The first time I ever went out to visit Todd in rural Indiana, he's like, okay,
3: so we don't get but maybe one of the three networks on TV, so we're going to go downtown and pick up a video so that we have something to watch. Oh, yeah, so that's like, what yeah, we'd have to yeah, do. Yep, yeah, but, <laughs> like two or three times. But even
2: week. before that, uh, one of my friends had HBO. One of my okay. best friends in elementary school, Chad, and so he would watch these movies and I'd just have them him tell me about it. So I have in my brain a third grades telling of Scarface oh. <laughs> and Friday the 13th and all, all these movies that lived in my head and, and even poltergeist, because I was too young for even that at the That's time.
3: Funny. Wasn't that in a movie recently? Like it was like some kind of apocalyptic thing and the person is telling <laughs> The the Probably. group around the fire, like the story of like Die Hard or something, they were just telling the story of the,
2: the and so, film, and so much so that when I eventually did see these movies, it they lost their impact because I'm like, well, it seems so much grosser and disturbing in my head, hmm. like in the scene in Poltergeist where the guy's pulling his face off in front right. of the mirror, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, and you know, third grader telling it to a third grader, it, it, that just becomes the most horrific thing. And then when you watch it, it's like, no, no, it seems kind of fake. That looks fake. <laughs> fake. I see what they're doing there. But but so Poltergeist was even scarier before I saw it and it was still one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Hmm. So, that's pretty good. Got to So, swing set. That's where my movies were at, man. Mm. Movies of the mind. Swing set. Swing set. Swing that's set the a, movie.
1: Yeah, you know, that's it's there's, there, there's got to be a hook in there somewhere, Todd. It's the just theater of the mind. You know, we need to, we need to get a bunch of thirteen year olds to watch <laughs> R rated movies and then describe them. Oh my God, that would be a hilarious video series.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we need to have some contracts and some protection, but <laughs> yeah. For yeah. parents to do this. we must need some thinking. No, even
3: better, show them like a movie from like the 80s or 90s, like well before they were born and then have them try to yeah. give a telling of the film. Sure. And I can almost
2: guarantee you this exists. This already exists. Yeah. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 614. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. K. And we're here to talk week and geek. Yeah, it's just the three of us. That's it's right. Three yep. rest, of us. the rest Everybody else out is, else is doing uh, a thing. Uh, 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 Ba, yeah, ba, and Just fuck them fair. for it. Seriously, they're that's on right. a boat. They're on a goddamn boat. They're
3: yeah. Take a good hard look at that motherfucking boat. They're enjoying
2: yeah. boat time. Yes, and we and we are, but we are here because we are dedicated. That's right. right. Yeah, right. We we, it's it's for the fans. We love you. We love the home viewers. Oh, and the, at least one of,
3: one of the three of us has had their vaccine booster.
2: That's you. Yes. Yeah, I, I've still get
1: wow. to get mine. I'm, I like how he managed
3: to squeeze
2: yeah. that. In. I, I'm not sure how that was relevant. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just, I, was, I think I was <laughs> going to so, say it's a weird flex, Jack. Yeah,
3: I was going to say we're all vaccinated and one of us is boosted, but I I fucked it up. <laughs> no. I mean, you <laughs> might as you <laughs> might as
2: if you put it like that,
3: dude. You might as well say,
1: and one of us is wearing a beard, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and one of us is a beard.
3: No. Oh, I think it was funnier in my head. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Geek
3: Story Shock. of funnier my life. In your head. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, t-shirt.
1: <laughs> Story <laughs> of my life. Oh my god, we need
2: that one. Uh, this week's Geek Shock is sponsored by War Room Games. Now this is the week, people. This is this Sunday at ten a.m. is the the main reason to go to War Room Games of the year. It is their. Uh, Semi-annual auction. And it's the first one they've done since the pandemic began. And (laughs) if you want cheap games or if you want to sell off your stuff for store credit, this is the place to do it. I'm going to be there. Even though I've been scheduled for work that day, I am going to go there early in the morning and... Do as much as I can before I have to kick myself out. Wow. So this is Sunday, November 21st. Sunday, November 21st. 10 a.m. 2021. T- 10 a.m. is the, uh, the, the preview, No right? Preview is at 8 a.m. Fuck yeah. that. 10 a.m. is when it actually starts. Oh,
1: dude, I wanted to go to preview so I could at least look at 8 a.m. Yeah,
2: and if you're dropping stuff off, you can drop it off the night before. Oh, so you, oh good. So if you can have kind of a preview in doing that. If you go there late Saturday uh-huh. night. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's War Room Games, 2510 East Sunset Road here in Las Vegas. And right down the road, right down Eastern, Alternate Reality Comics. Talk to Ralph, 5300 Southeastern Avenue. He will get you the comics you need. But, uh, but War Room Games, really, this... If you've never been to War Room Games, this is when you need to go. Yes. this I, I, I loved the store to begin with, obviously, from... My life talking about this on the show, but it is that auction that just turns it up to twenty. So not eleven. 11? No, eleven's too low. Yeah, they're 11. not trying. Now this is this is six times booster, Jeff. Okay.
1: <laughs> ha <Ha-ha>. ha. <laughs> with Ha-ha. with
3: with three beards. Don't don't tell that to Spinal Tap. Then they're not around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. Half of them are dead.
2: And, of course, I, I want to thank all the Kofi members that that are supporting the show. Thank you so, so very much. We love you. We You're making the show better, and we really, really appreciate your support. And any of you listening, thank you so much for just supporting and being there and hanging out with us in this wonderful community that we've all created. So thank you so much. And if you have time, please stop onto the Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and lay down a review or put down some stars. That really helps the show as well. Thank you so, so very much. So, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? I'm going to start with Jeff.
3: Uh, I just actually got home from watching Ghostbusters Afterlife.
2: You just saw the Ghostbuster saw movie. It. The new just one. Just saw
3: it. Absolutely. Literally just saw it. Yep. I really liked it. I've been kind of contemplating how to describe it and not be spoilery with it. So what I kind of came to the conclusion is it's like a really 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 good fan film that features cameos of original
2: actors. I don't think that's the compliment you think it is, Jeff. All right. You've seen some good fan films. <laughs> You're right, right. I have, but I yeah. don't think I've seen any fan films as like that should have been on the big screen. Okay. Well, e- even that awesome Punisher one, what? That, yeah. that, that that awesome short. Right. Still wasn't like that should be on the big screen. That was like that's a really really good fan film.
3: All right. Well. Wow. So maybe this is a really really good film by obvious fans. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely clear that there was a lot of love of the original in this film lots of Easter eggs uh some of them more blatant than others some of them very subtle very in the background you have to kind of look for them really really well acted by the whole cast uh Finn Wolfhard who was in um, Stranger Things Stranger Things thank you I had it on the tip of my tongue uh McKenna Grace who's another uh she's a child actor that has been in a, a lot of things you'll you'll recognize her um but well, actually, you won't recognize her because oh. she has dyed her hair brunette for this, and of course, wears the glasses. It took me a few minutes to realize that too. It was when I was watching the film. There, um, there's a kid who plays a character named Podcast. It's it's his first film. He's pretty amazing in it, and then of course you have uh, Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, uh, both actors that I really admire. Uh, I think they do fantastic jobs in their, uh, I'd call them supporting roles because they're really not the quote-unquote stars of the film. Uh, most of the, I think it's the kids that tend to be the stars of this film. I was going to say. They, so they seem to be the highlights. It
1: sounds like, because the other Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. the Ghostbusters were women. Now the Ghostbusters are kids.
3: But uh, Next one, they're all dogs.
2: I like it.
3: <laughs> I like that. You can definitely tell, though, uh, they did a lot of practical onset effects, which I really like to see in this day and age, because it's too often that they just go, oh, we can add that in digitally later, the whole fix it and post line that we always used to say in film school. But uh, I really liked it. I, I mean, it starts slow. I wasn't sure for, like, the first, I'd say, 40 minutes of the film. Okay, that's but a long it, time to not be sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it had a couple of good moments, but it just, like I said, it started really slow. So I'm just like, like first half hour, forty minutes. I'm like, mm,
2: even I'm the Ghostbusters really
1: reboot good. started strong. I think, I think we've got a new segment. Jeff's sort of positive reviews,
3: <laughs> but what I but was getting really to seriously is that it finished strong. The okay. film finished strong. All so. right. Okay. <laughs> anyway so uh definitely recommend go and check it out uh it's it's fun it's i think it's a little more serious than you know you might be expecting so just be ready for that it does have its comedy moments but it's it's more of a film of discovery i well, think
1: dude paul rudd
3: yeah i mean he, he's in a movie Yeah, you got to expect the serious
2: <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> that's what i first thing i think of when i think of paul rudd <laughs> I think Schindler's List 2. Oh, God. (laughs)
1: Schindler's List 2? Wow. Whoa. Holy mackerel. Wow. The son
2: of Schindler. This time it's war.
1: Uh. This time it's personal.
2: Or this time it's more war. It's more war. Yeah, yeah, more
1: war. Oh, that'd
3: be a Schwarzenegger movie. He'd be the son of Schindler. But yeah, it's. I'm Bach. Okay. Uh, honestly, it's it's tough for me to say too much more without getting into spoiler territory. So, Okay. Um, the other thing I did was I got to watch uh, Red Notice on Netflix. Yes, I watched it. Uh, was that not just a fun little yes. film? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the chemistry between The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and actually the whole cast. I mean, yes. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' character and The Rock's character spend a lot more time together than the three of them together, but... The two of them and Gal Gadot definitely have a strong chemistry. Yeah, uh, they're really good together. Uh, the film is really well acted. There's enough ter- twists and turns in it to kind of keep you interested throughout. Lots of throughout. fun stuff. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. Lots I- of fun <clears throat> action sequences. So I think Reynolds is like Robert Downey Jr. in
1: that he can have he has chemistry with just about. Anybody, I yeah. think. Yeah, you're you're in a movie with Reynolds. Things are going to work because that's because that's one of the beauty beautiful things of uh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Uh-huh. And 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 I'm,
2: I'm seeing that with Reynolds. Okay, give me the breakdown of, of Red Notice. What? Because yeah. I really see about it is that it's, it's a caper movie, which means a few things. So so what is uh, it about?
3: It it is a caper movie. In fact, there's even a line <laughs> in the film that calls it out. It's like. Uh, they're looking for a box. He's like, what are we looking for? I don't know, a box l- labeled MacGuffin. And I, that that was honestly the most telling thing of the film. It's like the heist, I think, is the MacGuffin of this film. It's it's definitely the the driving storyline, but I don't think it's the thing that makes the film so interesting. Yeah, no. It's them. The film starts out with Rock's character is a FBI profiler who is uh, trying to... Uh, arrest Ryan Reynolds' character so that he can find this this missing item that they're looking for throughout the film. Chaos ensues, obviously. Uh, And then they go after uh, this character called Bishop, who is played by Gal Gadot. And then things get turned upside down, etc. Like I said, I don't want to say too much because if people haven't seen it, I want them to see it and be surprised by the twists and turns. But... It's well scripted. It's well acted. Uh, there's some fun action sequences in here. It's not too over the top where you're just like, okay, that would never happen. Even though it is a lot of cinematic, okay, that couldn't, that it is very highly unlikely that that would happen in real life. It's one of those like, okay, while it's highly unlikely that would happen, it could happen in those types of action sequences. So honestly, I just really liked it. I, I just, I, I, I recommend it. I think you should check it out. It's on Netflix. Their
1: biggest original,
3: yeah, it's had uh, the biggest uh, premiere, right, for original film on there. Um, it's, I mean, they. they well, Netflix I meant, is always. I
1: meant their biggest budget original.
3: Yeah, I, I, but I mean, as far as I remember, you know, they're saying it's the biggest screened. Like is it's, it? it's hit the most number of screens, even though they don't quote release that right. kind of data. Right. So that you know we don't know exactly how many people have watched it so far but.
1: now let me ask you, Jeff, I noticed this. I got the distinct impression th- there were times watching it where I could see this is where they were like i'm I'm assuming the uh, I'm not assuming green screen I actually think they might have been doing some like LED room um, effects location stuff and there were times where it seemed to me... their their locations look like locations. And then there were times when their effects stuff looked kind of effecty. Like you could Uh, really get a sense that they were on the stage.
3: I, I think so. Um, you know, all the challenges of filming during a pandemic. Um, my understanding was they started some of the filming pre pandemic and then they had to finish a lot of it during the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. it would not surprise me if that's correct. Yeah. Um, I was watching the credits and there are enough locations cited in there that leads me to believe that they at least did some of this.
1: Yeah, there were, I, I you could tell there were some you were yeah. like, yeah, location, but it was like there was like one like um there was a waterfall bit yeah. where I I swear to god it was it was almost like it was a it was a two shot. And then one angle, it's like Oh yeah, they're they're at that waterfall. They're in that beautiful emerald water. God Almighty, yeah. that water it wasn't an emerald; it was jade. It was beautiful. Yeah. And then the 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 opposite shot. It's like wow, that looks like they're on a Mandalorian LED you know stage thingy. Yeah. It, it it really it really just went back and forth. Just kind of looked like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had to go
3: back and do reshoots and it's and, just m- not, and maybe they just yeah. had to
1: do it on. They had to do it yeah. FX.
3: It's it's not always feasible in this you know right. current pandemic to yeah. be well we got to go back to you know Brazil or wherever and shoot, <laughs> and shoot uh, and shoot again oh golly yeah I uh, I texted Andy
1: uh, telling him to watch this because Re- Reynolds character is exactly the type of thing Andy likes because he does a lot of thinking yeah as opposed to straight up and it was fun because they were definitely comparing. The two, because the Rock's character was freak. It's funny. The Rock's character is an FBI profiler, yeah, he's and like, he's still like, beating the living shit yeah. out of everybody. he Comes across. <laughs> he was coming. I was like, you don't look like a profiler. I get that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> but um, uh, he, you know, he does a lot of a lot of physical ways through his stuff. And then you got Reynolds' character, who's definitely thinking things and it, it's fun. The, the bit with the wall was just, yeah, that was just great. So there's the,
2: it, it was a lot of fun. Anything else, Jeff?
3: Uh, that's all I got.
2: That works. Well, you know what? My life has become chaos this week that I don't want to get into it. A lot of personal problems at home and, uh, taking on a second job. Let's put it that way. So this is the first day that I've had not at work since the last time we recorded a podcast, but wow. I did find a little time to finally watch something that Kay suggested a long, long time ago. Uh-oh. And I finally watched Train to Busan. Oh, and it is a wonderful clinic on how you can take a tired, overdone idea and not make it fresh necessarily, but make it super compelling. It is, it is one of the highlights of the zombie genre. Mm. It's it's a zombie outbreak on a train. It's a simple premise.
1: I'm motherfucking tired of these and, motherfucking zombies. Yeah, and motherfucking <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh,
2: but it, it was it was a glorious watch. Good. I'm and, glad and, you enjoyed it. Yeah. And one of the best things a zombie TV show or movie can do is make you honestly wonder who's going to survive this. Yeah. And it's great when a show can keep you guessing. Now, it doesn't always... There are quite a few moments when you're looking at this movie going, he dead, she dead, you dead. You know, it's... (laughs) It's, I think, like, and, like, the first time you meet a character, it's like, okay, archetypes. This is full of archetypes. Right.
1: (laughs) But I think where you're going is, like, your your base protagonists of the story, you're like, I don't know if they're going to make this kind of movie. I don't know if they're going to make it.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And, And that's it. And that's one thing with watching a lot of action movies and some horror movies is you don't know who's safe, but you got a good idea. At least one of them. that's like that person's right. absolutely safe. Schwarzenegger's not dying, right? And that you don't get that in this movie. In this movie, you're like, oh, anybody could go. And these zombies are. You know what? They did a really good job of creating some creepy zombies on a fairly low budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, look. I mean, they did World War Z better than World War Z did. Oh, wow. Okay. Because yeah. some of the most memorable moments of World War Z is when zombies are crawling all over each other's bodies to like go over walls and things like that. And they do that kind of thing here, too, but better and more intense. I have to applaud. Now, I know they're remaking this movie now, they're making an American version of it. I think they're, right now the working title is Last Train to New York. Okay, and it's in the hands of a, a good director, my understanding. So there's, it's a possibility. It could be a good remake. It doesn't need it though. That this this Mm-mm. is a fine movie, even if you, it's it's one of the few Korean movies that you could just turn the subtitles off yeah. and and get a good idea of what actually. Happening. That's that's actually a very good point. Yeah, and and still be entertained and. So it's not something you have to read the subtitles to understand what's going on. Visually, this movie will tell the story. Uh, so yeah, if, if you also haven't seen Trade into Busan and don't mind another zombie story, uh, you can't do better, frankly, than anything out there. I mean, Walking Dead is great. And I like the, I mean, Walking, I, Walking Dead is based on the idea of Okay, it's the zombie movie, but what then happened next to those people after the movie ended?
1: Right. And
2: what if that movie didn't end, then what? That's The Walking Dead. Yes. And this, well, this is just a plain a zombie movie. In fact, when I was watching it, uh, when I was at, toward, at the end of it, I was like, you know what this feels like? This actually feels like the book world War, world War Z. This feels like one of the many stories that happened throughout the world when the great zombie outbreak happened. Right. And so it could almost fit into a larger zombie universe. It just feels like a natural fit.
1: Yeah. I, um, uh, I've come to discover, like when I, I watched a, uh, an episode of Fear the Walking Dead that I mentioned a few weeks ago, with Train to Busan, that to me is still, that, that's the part of the zombie story I can be interested in, is the initial outbreak, when, when it's when it's all starting to go to shit, because you're watching... You know, we saw it on a plane. We've seen it now on the high-speed rail. And I think that sort of thing is, that's where I'm sort of like, I kind of like the, the, the zombie story, is the initial outbreak. You get into Walking Dead territory, and you just kind of get tired. Sure. Because at that point, because Walking Dead really, the, the base of Walking Dead really is is that the zombies are not the monsters. Yes. And so that can actually get a little exhausting Yes, sure. You know, hour after hour.
3: Yeah,
2: and I don't think you can really tell a zombie story without that subtext beneath it. Even Train to Busan has some humanity is the monster here mm-hmm. to it, but to a lesser extent, I right. would say it doesn't forget that the real monster in this is going to be the zombie in this one. Mm-hmm. So it can go back and forth. I mean, Romero is very good at the humanity. Is the you know, yeah, a, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so Train to Busan. You, you, a great horror movie, and just really, really easy to get get into. Even for if you don't like foreign films, it's if it's, I hate foreign films. Show them Train to Busan. I think it might change. Their there minds. you go. That's right. Uh, the other film I watched a little while ago. Actually, I'm just going to bring it up now uh, because I've been wanting to. But uh, this seems like the perfect time to it. Uh, A movie that I thought I would really, really enjoy. And by the end of it, I was like, I don't think I really enjoyed that all that much. For all the really interesting ideas in it, and for the good acting that was in it, wow. That was not all that impressive. And that is Chaos Walking. Chaos Walking, based on the Young Adult series, stars Tom Holland, uh, Daisy Ridley, a uh, mad's milk is it? I mean oh, okay, yeah, holy fa- crap. Fantastic cast. Science fiction. It's a planet where all the males, their thoughts are audible. <laughs> so it, they're like, you have to have like a discipline to keep the, the thoughts down, but if you lose that discipline, all your inner thoughts just fly out audibly. Mm -hmm. And the movie does a really good job of portraying that. Okay, And it's about the group that first landed there and created a civilization there that's kind of been there long enough to kind of forget some of it. And the new groups that's crash landed to kind of find them. My God, it should have been better. And my understanding is that the book book series is highly loved. Uh, But like most of these movies, they did their own liberties for the film, of course, and made some changes. So the book lovers don't like it, even though it's visually fantastic to watch and the performances are good. It's what you would expect out of these people. By the end of it, it was like, I just don't really care all that much. And and I have a hard time pinpointing why in it because it does start really interesting. But by the last part of it, I just, no, it's gone.
3: I was gonna say several of the uh, reviewers that I trust online have uh, have given it negative reviews too. Without, I mean, at least the spoiler free versions that I bought because I I wanted to read them because I know the movie kept getting pushed back. Yes, because of early screenings not being very positive, and uh, when they did finally release it, I was curious as to hmm. how well it was doing. But uh, but yeah, sounds like uh, the the extended time didn't help it any.
2: And I, I didn't know much about going into it, so it's not like I, I haven't read any reviews of it. I'm like, okay, good cast, sci-fi, let's go for it. Right. And uh, so can I recommend it? Not really. However, there's enough interesting ideas. I can actually recommend the first half, just that when it stops getting interesting to you, go ahead and turn it off. <laughs> At that point, it's like, you've, you've seen what you want to see. It's not going to get better from here. Uh but it is a fun, interesting idea worth exploring. And I know it's been done some sometimes, I can't tell you where, this whole audible inner thoughts kind of thing. Uh but I like how they portrayed it there. They portrayed it as some sort of visual aura around the head. Hmm. And 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 you'd like this, Kay. They don't necessarily explain it to you either. They just they just set the world and you just kind of figure it out on your own for a little bit. Oh, so.
1: I know that you hate that sort of thing. Uh,
2: so. I, I don't like that in novels, <laughs> but I don't mind it in movies. <laughs> uh, novels, I eventually want you to explain what the, what the rules of the world are. <laughs> but so Chaos Walking, so it, if you're interested and you have the extra time in this world, can you really? It's, it has some interesting ideas that's worth viewing. But don't go searching it out, looking for a good film. Kay, what did you do this week?
1: I actually finally got to watch the Shang Chi. I enjoyed the hell out of that. <clears throat> that was a lot of fun. Um, I was in, I was impressed with it because not only was it uh, was it a fun movie and a good Marvel movie, but I felt it was actually very Chinese. It was very Chinese in the. Uh, the character relationships and stuff it'd be very much like what you would see in a wuxia or uh, some other similarly action adventure movie from china so that was interesting in that
3: regard one of the reviewers that i read uh that reviewed shang chi said the same thing and she's herself is a chinese-american like raised in a family that was that moved here from china so She's lived here all her life but she said there were subtle little things in the film that she said made it a very Chinese film like the right. like the breakfast stuff and you know the, the you know that kind of banter that goes on and you know mm-hmm. having the the friendship that's not necessarily uh platonic that's going to turn romantic it's just a platonic friendship right. and you know stuff like that. Yeah no. She the, brought that up and I was like that's interesting. Yeah there were there
1: were elements like that throughout cuz i mean you could look at like their um the, the magnificent. I loved. I loved their depiction of the uh, the temple lions, mm-hmm. right? N- wonderful effect, and just just the way they were designed just looked lovely. And the the Chinese dragon was, you know. And you can look at all that and say, oh, yeah, that's a very Chinese movie. But yeah, that's exactly what you said, Jeff. Is what I'm talking about. It just characters, some elements of the writing, uh, elements of the story. It all very. It all felt very. Very much like um, like any one of the Chinese adventure movies that you would see. Yeah, it felt um, like it
3: didn't like they weren't trying to Americanize it too much, right? But at the same time, they
1: weren't trying too hard, yeah. In the other direction either, yeah. so
3: so it it worked
1: in that regard. Um, Aquafina, I really I really like her. I think she's cool, and uh, and it was funny because you mentioned your Chinese American reviewer. She plays Chinese American, where there are a couple times. Some people are speaking Chinese to her, and she's like, "My Chinese, it, uh, what, what was that?" You know, and because she's she's sort of got some of it, but not all of it. Versus Chung Ji, who's he's uh, he 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 does the immigrant who learned his English to the point that he has no accent, which uh, um, was the whole that whole. They they even deal with some. Language things where they talk about stuff like that. So that was all very cool. So and then the way they dealt with the ten rings, you know, the mandarin's rings, and uh, how they how they uh, made the martial art ish was actually very cool too. So that was an interesting dynamic to uh, to that lore, and and just 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 combining uh, the mandarin, which is really uh, an Iron Man villain. With uh, with Shang Chi itself solving the Fu Manchu problem That's of the good. original That's comic
3: song, you know Shang Chi. So uh, yeah, 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 well, and not to mention tying it together with the uh, oh, what was the Marvel one-offs that they did with uh, um, Ben Kingsley's oh, character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, What was the the, yeah. uh, the, the actor, the out of work actor, yes. as he's in prison, mm-hmm. and then finds out that there's a real Mandarin, and then they tie that together into Chang Chi. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, hit me. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. It was good fun. So glad to have finally seen it. Yes, uh, Andy made a good point. It really needs to be seen on the big screen. But yeah, I'm not trusting people right now, so I didn't go see it on the big screen. I'm having enough issues where I, I can barely get myself to motivate myself to see Eternals. right? I, I, I'm like, I'm going to go see Eternals on the big screen. But the slightest little inconvenience derails it. And that's part of me just being like, I really don't want to do
2: this. Yeah. I, don't,
3: I don't trust people. I get so, it. <clears throat> so, uh, so, yes, I watched that. After watching it, go back and watch the, uh, the Screen Rant no. Uh the, the pitch oh. meeting on Shang-Chi is hilarious, I got but it's it. it's definitely one you need to watch after you've seen the film. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I will actually do that. Because <laughs> there are a couple. Um, there have been pitch meetings. There's a couple of movie bobs that have come out that yeah. I'm just, I've been putting off because I haven't watched anything. Me and it's too. like, i got to get in there and watch those now. Yep. And uh, I'm pretty sick of the smell of dog shit. Well, really? Um, since when? Uh, since I've been... Picking it up in a fucking plastic bag twice a day for the past five fucking days.
2: Yeah,
1: this is I thought from a sweet dog, dog. I thought my cat was a biological shit machine, <laughs> but uh, Meg, yeah. Meg, secondary uh, geek shock mascot Meg. Uh,
3: secondary? You, yeah.
1: You've been dog sitting. I've been dog sitting, and uh, Meg is Meg is sweet. Uh, but she is a, she is a, a puppy lab. She's she's not even a year old, so she's got tons of energy, and she's also dealing with a little intestinal issue, oh, yeah. and she has been shitting, and uh, not in the house. She's good. Oh, good. Yeah, I walk her. But, you know, this is, you know, these planned neighborhoods and shit like that. So you got to grab the bags. Of course. And you got to pick it up. And I'm just like, oh, Christ
3: almighty. Todd and I don't know what you're talking about at all. Oh, (laughs) God. Jeff had to
1: pick up my shit. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I could.
2: (laughs) We we have hard we had hardwood floors. Yes, it was it was easy. That's
1: true. The fake
2: vinyl hardwood yeah, floor. Yeah, you know. very
1: easy. Very easy. Nothing. A so. little
2: mop. Jeff didn't mind a little mop, and did you, Jeff? Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> <laughs> He's got DTS from us still. <laughs>
1: well, you see, that's funny because that's that's I got a little PTSD too because I think I've told this story before about the St. Bernard that we had (laughs) who got the shits one time. And it was just, and it was really funny because I'd just come off of like chicken pox or something. It was something where I'd been out of school for like over a week. And there had been a big, you know, you were going back to school tomorrow, young man, and all that. And I got up before my parents in high school because uh, my dad lived close enough to work that, you know, I was out the door getting ready, you know, to catch the school bus before either of my parents got out of bed. And so I roll out of bed and, you know, social anxiety, hating school. I'm not really happy to do this, but I'll go do it. And I step into the hallway. And what had happened is one of our neighbors, because Heidi, our St. Bernard, is, was extremely popular in the expat community. This is in the Middle East. And, and she was a gentle giant, 150-pound St. Bernard, never an incident with people, loved human beings big old teddy bear people loved her and some swedish neighbors in our apartment building brought by a ham bone oh no because you know big old sweet heidi yes and so she had that ham bone the night before and when i came out we have like this 15 foot long hallway in the apartment and there was like this eight inch wide trail that just was (laughs) just was a solid rip dude It was amazing. I was just like, how does anything have this much in them? And she had obviously needed to go. Nobody woke up when, uh, when she was making noise. And I came out, and I got cardboard, and I got, you know, and here it is. I'm supposed to be getting ready for school, and I'm like trying to shovel this thick, gooey shit up and the smell and everything. And my mom got up. And I like, I had gotten only two feet into this fucking trail. And I'm looking at and like, Mom, I'm trying. I just, I can't, I can't. And my mom looked at me and went, you just go back to bed. (laughs) She said, she said I was green. And she actually called the school and explained, okay, Kirsten's not coming in today again because, but, and by God, I don't know how the fuck she did it. But when I got up later on, that carpet was clean, but, man oh my, but ever since then it's like if i get overwhelmed with that smell it can really just it's not just like ooh the smell you there is a part of me that is just like i want to die i was going to say you went through the same thing with taz too right taz was not so bad taz the thing was he kept throwing up because of his meds at the end oh, okay. so i had i had sheets
3: Towels all over every carpeted surface oh, in yeah. the house. You had paper, uh, newspaper all over the floor yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was from throw up. Yeah, he said yeah. He
1: was... I mean, he got he got the shits now and then, but the, his real problem was throwing up. Oh, okay. And and of course, Taz was like the typical animal. It's like, why throw up on a hard surface when you got this lovely absorbent soft surface over yes, here? Absolutely. So so luxury yeah so i'm like you know the bags and you pick it and and you know it's like warm in your hands and you're reversing the bag and then you like tie it up and you're walking to that fucking bucket that's there at the park but you get the itch on your nose and you're like oh i got an itch oh i can't do it now oh (laughs) and the dog's pulling the other arm oh my mighty thank goodness she's good she doesn't go in the house she's an angel um, so in that regard, things are cool, but, but yeah, it's, oh God, I am done with dog shit. <laughs> wow. I am fucking done. Did I do anything else geeky? Um, I will be, I posted this on my Facebook cause I'm doing a uh, class actually, an online class, uh, writer, editor, Howard, Andrew Jones, He's a favorite editor of mine, writer. He's done some sword and sorcery stuff. He's a man who edited those books, Todd, I talked about years ago, the Harold Lamb historical adventures, like uh, the Cossack stories and the Mongol stories. He is actually was, is doing an online class on pulp and sword and sorcery fiction, actually, and I'll be doing that on this Saturday participating in that online class he may even have a slot or two left if you want to look for it the muse i believe it's the muse.org but if you go to my facebook page and just like look for howard andrew jones i'll i'll make sure to share it before uh you know uh, tonight but um it's it's actually interesting because he he does some excerpts uh from various types of uh pulp writing and uh, adventure writing, and then he talks about uh, different writing styles and plotting styles and stuff like that involved. And uh, I enjoyed it immensely uh, when I did it once before. So so I'm doing that this weekend. And uh, I was going to do War Room, but if preview's at 8 a.m., Forkin, do are it, you even going to be there? Are you going to be at the
2: preview at 8 a.m.? don't need to go to the preview.
1: Well, what? I got to go to the preview so I can say to you, these are the things I'd like you to bid on, because then I'm going to go home.
2: Oh, you (laughs) asked. You You, you, you know you can tell him to. uh, (laughs) put, Put it this way. It's supposed to start at 10. It will probably not start right at 10. Yeah. Because... Things happen. Right. The and last time I got there, yeah. There was you some can time. you can see what's there in about 10 minutes yeah. usually. It's, yeah. it's all on one couple of tables over here. Mm-hmm. So you just go take a look and say, oh, I hope that comes up before I have to go to work. Right. Scalpers
3: have really gotten on my last nerve lately. Oh, geez. Great. Another thing I got to worry about offending, Jeff.
2: <laughs> that's, well, you, that's kind of a given. Yeah. Yes.
3: Because I got up on Halo. He's a soft soul. The a- Halo Xbox Halo? Series X launch day. Uh got up early to try to snag one and lucked out three times, you know. You lucked out was, three times? What's was the bu- ow, ow, Was what's the out problem? of luck, excuse Whoa, okay. me, three times. Uh, <laughs> drove all the way to frickin' Centennial to Best Buy. It's like a 25-mile drive. Oh, wait a minute.
2: Wasn't get I one?
1: getting shit about wait how... A, wait
3: a second.
2: Are, are you telling me that you had a rough time because you... Found the thing you're looking for? No, I did not get one. <laughs> okay.
3: I got there, waited in line. They didn't even get through half of the line and said, sorry, we're sold out.
2: That's the way it goes, man. And oh then, wow. Uh, Welcome to modern console. Yeah, wow.
3: And then got on Amazon for their launch and then Nope. Well, I had it, I had it I had it in my cart no less than ten times. Yeah. And it would just magically disappear from my cart right. as I'm tapping on the bu- tap, you tap, know, tap, buy tap, it now tap, 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 and tap, the tap. proceed to checkout button. Well, you know, you I could have a, ended up with like 10 of them no, with all that tapping. They won't let you buy more than one at a time. <laughs> um, no, so, that was frustrating. so were
1: you on Major Meh's uh, uh, text list when he was like, I found a couple at he, Target? He, you know, he, Jeff he was. Found,
3: he found the regular one. I'm looking for oh. the Halo launch exactly. edition. Who are talking to? K. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Jeff needs the special thing. I are sorry. The special thing. Because you know, I yeah. was like looking at that for maybe a flip.
3: <laughs> yeah. Even even jerk. When I I, I, text, I texted back an angry face, and even Major Meth was like, "I agree with Jeff." Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> I was actually joking because it was like,
1: I, I, I was just like, I can't. Get, I I. It it was funny. Because I had finally decided, okay, we'll do PlayStation. I'm gonna get the next PlayStation uh, as soon as they become available. I think that'll be my upgrade. And then here is Lewis. Oh, I found three Xbox, and it's like twice now. I think yeah. he's he's yeah. like stumbled across them, and it's just like
2: that's how not- ca- how bad can it be, Kay? When the only one you can't find are the special editions, mm. really, Yeah. <laughs> Jeff just gives like a, yeah, 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 whatever you say. Yeah.
1: So anyway, yeah, I know. Oh, well, yeah,
2: I think that is it for me. Okay. Now we're going to go on and we're going to, oh, we got another submission for Jeff's bad impression. uh Oh, right? okay. But before I do, I, I want to uh, address something that oh. uh, was posted uh, not only to the discord, but also the layer. Oh! Uh, no. This this is something that Jake Godbold put up, oh. I believe. It is a uh, a very old ad for a Jello barbecue salad. Gross! Oh that, yeah! Have you heard of this thing?
3: No. It's yeah, it's like lemon Jello and like uh, tomato sauce. Yeah, that's exactly that what it is. Used to make I, it. I, I
2: am I am looking at the yeah. the old advertisement. And again, if mm-hmm. you're on the Shock Monkeys Lair on Facebook, or even easier on the Discord. Gross. Uh, he, he posted the picture, and it's an old ad. And it's literally one hand is holding up Jell- Jello lemon flavor, the other one hunts tomato sauce, and it says, "Here's barbecue salad, the easiest and most exciting new recipe idea in the magazine." And then gives the <laughs> on recipe and I my I'm willing to try many things in this world I, no. I, I, I am not afraid to put strange things in my mouth as the show has shown many times before I, I see what you're trying to do with that Kay and I don't dare and strange foods strange foods exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and this one just, just kind of stopped me in my tracks just yeah. sort of blew my mind of, so I, I, so I just want to thank and admonish Jake at the same time for putting that up there and, and hurting my brain a little bit doing so
1: well dude if, if you have if you have questions about this I, I think we should do it. I have questions about this
2: we should do it Yeah <laughs> I, it, Jeff I, your I job is to no. make barbecue <laughs> jello.
3: I, I think my <laughs> response online was or, like okay I get that tomato is a fruit technically but <laughs> seriously that. gross
1: yeah wait wait wait, wait 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 a minute wait a minute okay okay mrs Todd yes makes us little do makes us little treats for the show every now and then yeah yeah so I you know have her whip up a batch of this and uh
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bring How about it on new? I'm afraid if I put my order in it will break things going forward <laughs> Uh, stay tuned. No promises is what I'm saying, there, but yeah. uh, I, I am part grossed out and part curious, there which you go. is how I go through life. There so you
3: go. I'm only grossed out. I am not at all curious, <laughs>
2: grossed out and curious
1: are integral parts of putting strange things in your mouth. That's a fine point. That's
2: really it. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a palate exploration.
1: <laughs> it's like a party in my mouth.
2: <laughs> It's, it's something in your mouth, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, and I'm sorry. I've had barbecue salads before. That is not barbecue salad. Oh, no. so, that is that is. I I will say yes. I will call it barbecue jello, but not barbecue salad. What's barbecue salad then? What the?
3: Uh, it's usually some kind of barbecued meat on a salad. Yeah.
2: Oh.
1: Bar. Okay. What do you f- expect? So so what? You're supposed to chop up some chicken and add it to the jello?
2: No. No. no they're trying to say that's what this is. <laughs> And I call foul.
1: Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Mrs. Todd could chop up some chicken and put in the Jello. And
2: I'll just cover that shit in barbecue sauce and I'll share anyway. So yeah. <laughs> somehow
3: I think adding barbecue sauce on top would make it worse. <laughs> well, there's Jeff,
1: There's only one way to find out. Mm, Grotesque no. and and you know, what? Uh, watch, watch
2: Torgo. Is, is that the way to find out? <laughs> there we go. Okay, so here we go. We got another request. For Jeff's bad impressions. Oh, oh Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, this, uh, this was sent to us by our own David Ferrar, And I need to stop right here and thank Mr. Ferrar, David Raider himself. A while back, uh, he got us uh, Hero Quest through their Kickstarter. And I am happy to say it has now been delivered. So uh, Geek Shock now owns all of Quest with all of its add-ons and all the Kickstarter goals on there. Sweet so, Jesus. So for those of you that are part of the Kofi board game thing and are local to Las Vegas, that could be a board game in the future for us. So, all right. So just an FYI. So, But thank you again, David, for making that happen because, damn, really, damn, it's amazing. But David has a request. He says, "I would like to request an impersonation from 80's Jeff. The monologue, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Aragorn's rally cry before the final ballo, battle. Battle. <laughs> final <laughs> battle with Mordor's force. I and the voice Dana Carvey's church lady. Oh, wow." <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Jeff, I sent you the script earlier. You're now just hearing the voice you're supposed to do. I will give you a few seconds to get yourself all prepped up. Wow. Right? It's been a while. Right? Although I have to say, a a good choice in in David selecting a Saturday Night Live character in general. Mm, because Because if there's a wheelhouse for Jeff, it's Saturday Night Live characters. Mm. Right. He can do every Saturday Night Live character perfectly.
1: If there's a wheelhouse for uh, Jeff, I, it's church ladies. I don't know about
2: perfect. <laughs> Jeff is really into church ladies in general. <laughs> All shapes, sizes, ages, church ladies. Oh, uh, it's time for
3: church chat, isn't it? <laughs> 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 oh, God. It's been so long since I've seen it. All right, I know,
2: but, but but you know what? Yeah. I have faith in you because that's ingrained in you. This is, this is the... The the second wheelhouse of Saturday Night Live. The, it was the first age, and yeah. now that the second great age, the age of Dana Carvey well, yeah. and Myers and
3: Dana Carvey Hartman. was one of my favorites. Yes, yeah.
2: So so this is the time that you and I, as ch- kids, shared this time and joy. Right. So I, I know you have this in your heart. I know you have this ability in you.
3: Ugh.
2: Jeff, all right, do me good, church lady. Jeff, do me good.
3: Right. I
1: don't think I've ever said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not, not even the Jeff?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, nope. Not till now. Not till now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay, here we go. Ooh. Hold your ground. <laughs> Hold your ground. Oh, my God. Sons of Gondor, <laughs> of Rohan, my brothers. I see in your eyes the same fear It would take the heart of me. A day that may come when the courage of all men fails when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. Oh my God. But it is not this day an hour of wolves and shattered <laughs> shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. No, it is not. This day we will fight. By all that you hold dear on this earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> okay. We needed that. We needed that. That's,
1: uh, I was, that's a tough okay, one. Okay. Dude, you, dude, you were rolling into it towards yeah. the end there. I'll
2: give you this. It was a church lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, I'm, I was trying to hear her voice in my head because it's been so long. <laughs> I, I I don't know that I've seen even a clip of that in probably
2: twenty years. But you know what? You 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 took it. You 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 give what you gave with yeah. little time. You you give had. what you gave. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff he gives what he <laughs> gave. Maybe,
1: maybe, maybe that should be this segment name. <laughs> Jeff gives what he gave. <laughs> On this episode of
2: Jeff's <laughs> Give What You <Ye> Gave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave Rader, for wow. sending in that request, and we're, they're, they're still rolling in, but if you have one, feel free to send it to us, yeah. comments at GeekShockPodcast.com.
3: Yeah, you got to hook up the echo so I could, could... Could it be Satan?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, Dale's nails that. Sure. Yeah. He's well, got that, that
3: one I could remember yeah. just now. Could but. it be
2: Mordor? Mordor. Mail, <laughs> mail, M- 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 Oh, my goodness. Uh, And we got a little bit of mail, a bit of criticism this week. Uh Uh-oh. What? Us? Yeah, a little something here. Did Andy email us? (laughs) Andy came off pretty salty there. My
3: goodness gracious, he was just... (laughs) All criticism will be uh, reviewed and rejected. Yes. Especially by you, Andy.
2: Yeah, we had our discussion last week about show themes. Yeah. And the man was offended. Yes. That he came he, the man like drank a bottle of crack and it out. <laughs> put my dad on the line. I want to tell him what I think about Chatham. And, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the mail is from Greg Scupatron Carlos. He writes, Good day, Geek Shock crew. I love the show. And I've been listening for years, and I have a small bone, you know, to pick with 80s Jeff. Oh, boy. Oh, good. My wife has, you know, started started complaining about, you know, some of my, you know, speech patterns, and was wondering where, you know, I might have picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> after, after listening to the last, you know, episode, I think I might have, you know, figured it out. Oh boy! Proud to be a Kofi member. Keep doing what you've done so well, Greg Scupatron.
1: You know what he needed to wrap up that le- le- that mail was to say.
2: So long story short, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You're you're not wrong. Uh, uh, this last week, like I said, I've taken on another job, so uh, my editing job on the show was really kind of rushed. So there's there's a lot of stuff that I let slide through. And, Jeff, you say you know a lot. I do. You do. You do. (laughs) I am aware of this. (laughs) And I will tell you, dear listener, that I edit a lot of of those out. (laughs) Oh, do (laughs) you? Wow.
3: See, this I didn't know.
2: Yeah, No, because you don't listen to the show. We learned that that a long time ago. (laughs) I've listened to it once or twice. (laughs) Now, I can't edit them all out. Uh Uh-huh. And if I have limited editing time, for whatever reason, I have to just let some of them just plain slide. But I've been able to do the fine art of cutting into your sentences and pulling out the occasional you know.
1: Have you reached the point where like you can... You can see the you know on the the
3: squiggly things on the. I'm waiting for the letter that comes in and says, "Well, actually, I need to take out another." Well, actually, I mean, like,
2: (laughs) I think we've gotten that comment as well. Um, So, I actually do kind of fix it up a little bit in post when I can. So, uh, I I see that you've noticed some of the ones I've missed. So, I can appreciate that. I, I did do the. I have kept a count. Mm -hmm. of you knows not like like over time Uh but I but I have been keeping a record as far as like a show record Uh for the most you knows uh, that I have edited out and especially during the internet shows because I have to be a little more fine tooth comby with those right so that one they get a little more extra time to say okay we can take those out take those out the most I've taken out in the show is 43 of them (laughs) (laughs) wow Oh, and you haven't
1: even gotten a final warning <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's fun. it's just it's 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 a it's 43 it's, you know what it's just it's 80s Jeff you know that's, that's what that's the 80s Jeff package that's a lot
3: yeah the 80s Jeff package yeah. is a lot that's what I hear
1: yeah, yeah.
3: you know <laughs> yeah it's a speech pattern thing where you're trying to continue your thought and so you fill it in yep. with the sure
2: it's, it's well, to the, give yourself some thinking time
1: dude it 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 I think it's probably better than Obama's patented.
3: Uh... Well, but <laughs> Obama said you know a lot too if you ever watched his
2: speeches. Mm-hmm. So You're yeah, right. it's, and uh, you know what? It beats the um, and I use lots of ums. So everybody yeah. has their own theme to their speech pattern. Yeah.
1: So, but uh, or, you but, know, as opposed to like Andy, who just repeats what he said until he, the new thought comes to him. Oh, right. Right. Speaking comes of to Andy, or, or until he comes to him. Or till
3: until you laugh. Or till you laugh. until you laugh. Until you laugh. Repeat that joke. Repeat it. Repeat yeah. that joke. repeat it. And, repeat until it. somebody laughs at it. He's like, come on, laugh at it, my joke. It's funny. <laughs> Please clap. But yeah, speaking of Andy, you know, <laughs> wow, was he incensed with our episode Woo! last
1: week. my goodness.
3: Like, like, I could hear the anger in oh his his, his uh, Facebook and Facebook. Discord post. and I
1: need I need Jeffy Roth to like weigh in on this the the uh, the archivist of uh, Geek Shock <laughs> unofficial did did I seriously defend Cowboy Bebop
3: over Johnny Quest I'm not sure that see I, I don't recall that. you defending it over yeah but I, I think I, I, you I think you recommended it I recommended it I I
1: do recall liking sort of liking the uh, theme the opening um it's funny cuz i haven't watched any episodes sure. in a while so i actually watched it on on uh, youtube and i was like ah, you know I, i'm not i'm well, not thrilled with how this ends i like how it begins but i'm not thrilled with how it ends so i'm not so i'm not sure that that was me i'm wondering if he's confusing me with this
3: with some Improv artist. Well, I don't know how, with the large number of TV and movie themes that are out there, how you determine what's the best one. But there is. But I'll go out on a limb and say, as good as the Johnny Quest theme is, it's not
2: the best, like Andy was trying to indicate. Listen, Johnny Quest is at best number 78. Number 78. Wow. I would have rated it higher. You know,
1: I would have rated it higher than 78. Yeah. So 102? Just so you know. What high? No, higher. Oh, better. Oh, with the oh, gotcha. I would have rated it better. I oh. would have. I think seventy-eight's about right. <laughs> oh wow! I think the Johnny Quest is actually a. Jeez, you you two fist bump. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even. Non
2: audible fist bump. I'm not even gonna
3: <laughs> dignify that.
1: <laughs> Sheesh.
3: Yeah, I mean, come on. The number of ones that we got to of movie and TV themes that are really good. Barely scratched the surface, it, it, dude. It was really funny because I think
1: the discussion yes. that occurred just on the uh, just in the social media, never yeah. mind our discussion, shows that there's a shit ton of great themes out there. Although it is funny, I don't know. Are we all old? Because I'm always leery of the whole older stuff is better, but I'm not seeing people talk a lot about current
3: themes. Well, well part of the problem is. Intro themes are kind of on the way out with a lot of TV shows. Sure. Because that's extra advertising time that they can sell. Because I am painfully aware with shows that I watch nowadays that are either recent ads to my viewing lineup or previous ones that I did watch that have now trimmed their intro. Mm Mm-hmm. There's one that I just started watching, literally has no theme intro. It's literally just the right. title and they well, roll right into the show. And,
1: and so many, so many love the cold opening now. Yeah. They love cold opening. Yes. So so I think that that may be that may be actually a good. I remember I'd stumbled across a friends episode and just and it was really funny because they chopped the beginning. Yeah. Oh. And wow. and, and, it, and it was hilarious because it's like da 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 da. And, <laughs> wow, that's it! It was just like what the what what? <laughs> I remember
2: more verses than
1: this. Yeah, it was right. It was really fast. It was it was very funny.
2: it no, it, it definitely speaks to Jeff's saying that they cut it down for advertising. When I think of the best theme songs of the past fifteen years, they're all from pay cable stuff. HBO mm-hmm. themes like Sopranos sure. and right. Game of Thrones. Big mm. theme, iconic themes of the. Yeah. All come from pay cable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Game of Thrones. I've always had mixed feelings about that, but I kind of, I like the sound. My, uh, of the, of the cables, my favorite actually was, uh, Rome. Oh yeah. I really, I really liked Rome's, uh, theme when that would open.
2: Salty Andy. Salty Andy. Don't ask us how we know. We just know he's salty. (laughs) You don't really have to just ask. You just kind of... It's something you just infer after a while. Sure. It's like, oh, Andy, he must be salty.
3: (laughs) Yeah, too much salt isn't good for our diet. Which is why Andy's
2: only on the show every now and then. Oh, yeah.
3: Because we we need to go for more savory than salty. That's why you're here, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) You're our
2: our savory (laughs)
0: host. <laughs>
3: I'm your palate cleanser. <laughs> it's an intermezzo, you know, to cleanse the palate. <laughs> Jeff is our light sorbet. There you
1: go. There you go. What ma'am? Uh, yeah, Maple Leaf Matt. He's uh, he's the umami.
2: <laughs> he's the oh omami.
3: <laughs> no, Maple Leaf Matt's more of the sour. Oh yeah, and bitter, definitely. sweet, sour, savory. Bitter, yeah. salty, mommy. I think
2: K's are bitter. <laughs> me?
3: What? Uh, maybe, maybe what? a little more so in recent right. years. What are you talking
1: yeah. about? I, I really? Which leaves sweet for
2: me.
3: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> wow.
2: News you don't give a shit about.
3: Oh.
2: oh wow.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ooh, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. White noise is always great. <laughs>
1: White noise? Why does it have to be white?
2: <laughs> this you don't give a shit about. We alluded to this <laughs> a few weeks back, and we're finally getting around to it. A-, a Georgia man lied on his application for federal coronavirus relief aid and then used the majority of the money he obtained to buy a Pokemon card, federal prosecutors say. Uh, the charges allege that Vinath Odom Sine made false statements about a number of employees at his company and his company's gross revenue when he applied for small business aid through the CARES Act in July of 2020. Uh, the following month, the Small Business Administration deposited $85,000 into his bank account, and federal prosecutors say that Odom Sine used a majority of that money, $57,789, to buy a Pokemon card. What Those loans, meant for small businesses impacted by the pandemic, can be used for expenses such as payroll, sick leave, production costs, debt, rent, or mortgage payments, but prosecutors say Onesume uh, unjustly enriched himself, unquote. Authorities didn't say which Pokemon card he allegedly bought with the federal funds. But rare Pokemon cards have been known to fetch tens and even hundreds of thousands of dollars upon resale. So there's been a lot of horror stories about misuse of the CARES Act funds. But Pokemon card, I think, might be the tip top. Yeah,
1: I just I'm outraged because it just gives nerds bad image.
2: It does
3: it just it's terrible. Yeah, all the people that went out and bought like Ferraris and yeah. other, <laughs> I just said, you know, again, you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's going to be super hyper aware now.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> but all the f- people that bought like ridiculously expensive stuff and didn't use it for what it was in turn into, uh, intended for, in terms priced, I can't time mm. talk today. Well, uh, imagine, uh, yeah. imagine
2: that's going to happen when they didn't put any checks and balances into the system <laughs> on purpose. I know, right? Well, well, they, they got this guy.
1: True. They're they're watching the nerds, so you know, be careful
2: before you buy that I'm Superman
3: just, number one. I'm just interested how this is one of the ones that gets highlighted and all the others kind of just right. fall under the radar.
2: That's because it's a Pokemon card, Jeff. Yeah. That's kind of the thing that's really driving <laughs> well, this. but yeah, that
3: that but it also feels like they're like, Well, we know people are gonna buy stupid shit a Pokemon card highlights a certain element of the population that has been unfairly ridiculed in the past. But wow. to be fair, but to be fair, you guys yes. call me bitter.
2: <laughs> say to be fair, it's a Pokemon card. No, I
3: Over $50,000. Right. But that- the hundred and, you know, a hundred thousand right. dollar, you know, custom, uh,
2: I mean I get it if you're a YouTuber that has, you know, millions of dollars in income because you're one of the top ones and then using that money for Pokémon cards or whatever. Yeah. For your for your viewership or whatever. But if you are getting $85,000 and you're using 70% of it on a Pokémon card, yeah, it, it, I don't even think it's an attack of the nerd on the nerds thing. I think it's just <laughs> a this guy's a motherfucker.
3: Well, yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm interested in how this is the kind of thing that gets highlighted when people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of the paycheck
2: Are we protection in
1: the time plan? I think so. I, I, I just, I thought this start, this started five
2: minutes ago
3: just like that. Yeah.
2: People can understand a car, <laughs> even if it is a ridiculously expensive or car. Or
3: vacation homes. People uh, buying you a know? vacation well, home. Exactly.
2: And, but people can understand that aspect of it. I don't think a lot of people in general, and even a lot of nerds, can understand paying $50,000 for a Pokemon You're car.
1: Right. It's not like yeah. it's a Magic the Gathering Black
2: Lotus. Exactly. If it was a Black Lotus, this would be a whole different conversation. Yeah, really.
1: You know, you know, you know, <laughs> so long story short don't buy Pokemon cards it just in general,
2: yeah, yeah that's bad yeah. investments there you go buy comic books there you go get the get the, they're they're bound to be worth something yeah <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> or oh <sighs> Pokemon nfts
3: Ugh. That's had
2: to have been done, right? That's that's. Hap- I think that's it happened, has. Right? I
3: think it has. Yeah, it should.
2: It's got to be done. It's. <coughs> oh, had, it's man. Had to have been done. I like that. I don't. I think it's awful.
1: I want to see Andy walking around a park at two a.m. in the morning. I don't like where this is going <laughs> at all. Looking for his Pokemon
2: NFT <laughs> swipe. Andy, swipe. Andy, we bought you an NFT. It's in Sunset Park, and you got to find it though. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: At about three thirty a.m., it's a li-
2: <gasps> Todd a limited window
1: when you you, you get a location, okay. but it's only a certain a certain like a minute. That's a minute out of the day uh-huh. when you can pick it up. Oh wow! So, but every day it's that minute. Yes. So, or well, is it that minute, or do oh, we shit. Oh, Do we, we start the minute? Do we start squid gaming
3: the code? <laughs> to or maybe figure out what minute. <laughs> the minute stays the same, but the location changes all the time, uh, randomly. I, that's not I, bad. I like the way Jeff thinks. That's not bad.
1: We can do both. We can do both. Change we the location and the minute. That's worth burning down a forest for. We have the technology. <laughs> Dude, we'll make thousands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we will. Thousands, I don't oh. even know
2: thousands of what. <laughs> Thousand heirs, every one of us. (laughs) This you don't give a shit about. Uh, Mel Gibson is currently in talks to direct Lethal Weapon 5. This sequel has been in development for some time already, and Gibson was developing it with Richard Donner before he died. It's expected that if the movie moves forward, it'll be developed for HBO Max. Uh, One of the other projects that Gibson is attached to is the John Wick spinoff series, The Continental. So are you excited for a Lethal Weapon 5 well, is it going to be in Aztec or Aramaic? Wow, that's 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 a good good cut. I like that. You like that? I do like. You that. You like that? That's a, I just that, thought that's a of thinker. that.
1: I just thought of that now. That's a thinker. I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to prep. Right. I think <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> Jeff's really grappling with he's, this one. He's. I'm trying. Jeff, I'm what, trying to
3: think how to articulate what I'm. i I think
1: he's leaning towards Aramaic. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I would.
2: And the Cat of Ninetales. Uh-huh.
3: I think based on his history and how much Richard Donner is so much a part of what made his film successful, removing him from the franchise, you know, I mean, obviously he passed away. It's not possible for him to be involved in the development of Elite The Weapon 5, but not having him as a part of that I think you take the heart and soul out of what makes that film work because not only did he bring great performances out of all these different actors, he was very involved in the script writing as well as working on getting these films made, producing, etc. So I, I just, setting aside all of Mel Gibson's weirdness over the last decade or so.
2: Can we really, can we really uh, set that aside? I just
3: don't think I mean if you add that element in I don't think the film gets made and I don't think the film is a success I don't think it's going to have the same enjoyment level of the previous four well taking that out I still don't think he alone I mean Danny Glover still available he's still still probably still interested in maybe contributing and Uh, we're talking we're talking like (laughs) Bubba Hotep in the (laughs) retirement home this is this will be some exciting shit let me tell you I think the idea of a lethal weapon five is greater than the possible execution of it I think is what I'm saying
1: we want to see Mel behind the wheelchair just running down the street pushing while Danny is just holding his little tiny gun He's like, God damn it, just do, just do this straight. And he's like, oh, woo-hoo. you Talk know, about the card acting old, you know. And we're gonna and we're gonna we'll get that we'll get that new mullet,
3: you know. We'll get that salt and pepper mullet with the beard, just bald, but the bottom the of me- the mullet. Did you just call it the mullet? <laughs> the mullet. It sounded like you said the millet. The millet. (laughs) The salt and pepper millet. The salt and pepper millet. Yeah. There's your your show title right there. you go. go.
2: I think... The salt and pepper millet. I I would order that.
1: I think... uh, I think...
2: Are are they going to do it? Well, I want to go back to a a phrase that (laughs) Jeff said a a couple minutes ago. Mm. Uh, As good as the last four. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I remember enjoying the first two. I remember not really enjoying the third one and giving really? the fourth one a pass. Uh, was the fourth one good? I mean, tell me yeah. right now was it worth is it worth pursuing? I enjoyed
3: it. Yeah.
1: The problem is that the movies are good because of Gibson and Glover. So even I think Donner has to be a part of the mix, but it's also Gibson and Glover. So it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. And what, you know, I mean, it's like we get Donald Glover and Debbie Gibson. I would watch the shit out of that. (laughs)
0: Because
1: we just, I I don't, who is
3: going to be in this? I would say to you, Todd, regarding Lethal Weapon 3 and 4, Mm -hmm. watching it as an older adult, Okay. I had a different perspective oh. on when it first came out okay. ah. because the fourth film is definitely more about family and not just yes. the family that you're born into, but the family that becomes a part of your life okay. through your various relationships. And that definitely was a thing with me that hit me hard with the fourth film. Ooh. Okay, okay. Um, so- It's, it's, it's much more about, you know, not just leaning on your family when you need it but being able to take advice from them and being able to be around your family to try to overcome things because that was part of the Riggs character in the fourth film was moving forward from the death of his wife and And moving on with the new relationship and the child that's on the way and being able to kind of let that go finally because he'd been carrying that moving
1: forward with the death of the 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 girlfriend after the wife
0: (laughs) Yeah. Never mind the death of the franchise. I I I
1: love the fact that the first movie the tagline was "I'm getting too old for this shit," (laughs) and that was that was thirty five years ago. Yeah.
2: At the end of of five, I want Glover to break out of the Warner Warner Brothers logo. I'm getting too old for this shit. And just I just. It, yeah. I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm, th- this question is going to come off as snarky, and it's not meant to be snarky. All right. Mm-hmm. Which movie did it better? And this is an honest question, Jeff. Which movie did the surrogate family is what you need if you don't have your family theme? Lethal Weapon 4 or Guardians of the Galaxy?
3: Well, you're comparing apples to oranges. Am I? the so same theme. <laughs> Similar <laughs> themes, but not exact. Uh,. I don't know. You're you're talking about two different directors, two different styles.
2: Yes, I get that.
3: James Gunn <laughs> did a fantastic James job James with, Gunn with, with Should Take Over. Yes. With Guardians. I we well. But frankly, I also have amazing mm. I have a, a huge amount of respect for Richard Donner and yes, what he did with that in doing his own thing. So I don't oh. think it's a fair comparison because oh, wow. they're two completely different okay. films. Addressing the same
2: theme. Even though it's an unfair comparison, which one did it better?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again. Man, it is really hard for him to say Guardians of the Galaxy. It is. It's very hard. It's 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 because I
3: like them both. Equally? That's okay. I don't know if it equally is. They're they're two (laughs) different films. Dude, dude, you can
1: pull two girlfriends from your past. And one cup. And say... And say one of them gave the better blowjob. Wow, way to give me way to give me PTSD you know?
3: and two girls one cup thing. Wow, but you know, hey, you know what? If yeah, I'm sick a, of the smell of shit. No, that was that was before Kirsten's time when they clockwork oranged me with that thing back oh, on the old oh, ugly couch show Clock. days. Wow, I would have loved
1: to have seen just the little prongs in your like eyes. eyes
3: You held my head. I held Barry head. held my <laughs> eyes open. You guys wouldn't let me stand up. So you 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 tell me how that's not a fair comparison to being wow. clockwork orange.
2: I'm not saying it was easy. <laughs> I never heard this story before. It's on video. Wow. It was
3: on the episode. Yeah. This is uh
2: Wow. Ugly Coucho. It was a hell of a show. Yeah. <laughs> Good
1: Lord. Okay, well. Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: <laughs> I'm glad, and, I'm and, glad someone and could and
1: answer. And James Gunn should take over the Lethal Weapon Lethal franchise. That would be interesting. You know, with with Danny Glover, with Donald Glover and and Debbie Gibson.
2: Uh, speaking of same theme news you don't give a shit about, a reboot of the 1992 Steven Seagal action movie Under Siege is underway at Warner Brothers with a Timo Jajanto directing with Umar Alim writing. The duo collaborated and, and developed the pitch together with the movie also planning to be streamed on HBO Max. No word yet if Seagal will reprise his role as Casey Ryback. Please wow. no. I would, I would actually like it if he did. The ex Navy <laughs> SEAL turned cook. Who was the only person in the movie to stop a group of terrorists from taking control of a U.S. battleship? Wow, uh, the movie directed by Andrew Davis grossed over 156 million dollars worldwide when it was released, and spawned a 1995 sequel, Under Siege 2: Dark Territory. That was so horrible. Which made over 104 million plus worldwide. Uh, Indonesian filmmaker Jajanto got his start by directing the VHS 2 segment Safe Haven. He went on to direct The Night Comes for Us and May the Devil Take You, both mm. titles which premiered at Fantastic Fest and are available on Netflix. Uh, he's currently attached to direct the New Line remake of Train to Busan. Oh. And Aleem, he wrote the Netflix assassin action movie Kate, which starred uh, Mary, Le- uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Woody Harrelson, if you've seen that one. I did, um, yeah. That was actually pretty good. Okay. So this this director is known for doing good things. Yes, the the night
1: one, it uh, I, whatever the title was, that is a uh,
3: that's a very good one. That's uh, the guys from uh, the raid. Okay, I, I need to go back once someday and and put together a list of all those Die Hard on a fill in the blank that that spawned out of mm-hmm. the years following Die Hard in the theaters. Yeah, you know we had I just did it again. Uh, you know we had Die Hard on a boat. With Under Siege, yeah, Yeah. that's what it was. Die Hard on a Plane with Passenger Fifty Seven. Sure, but you had, but but Under Siege was actually was a very good movie. Yes, I really like that a lot.
1: First, Steven Seagal's probably his best movie, the more the best movie he's been in. But you want yeah. to even talk about scene chewing? Tommy Lee Jones Tommy in that Lee film, Jones, Gary, unforgettable. You see, they were yeah, they were top. Everyone was on top of it. Yeah, fucking yeah. Chief O'Brien from DS Nine was yep. in it. But it, it was it was it was. I recent I watched it a couple months ago. I rewatched oh, wow. it. it wow, it's,
3: it's really not a bad film. It is uh, a very good. It deserved the money that it made, and it 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 really was very. It is kind of ironic though that Steven Seagal is the most subdued of the actors in this. Film, yeah. and you have Tommy oh, Lee Jones and Gary Busey really chewing scenery. Yeah, uh, almost, almost. I mean, doing caricatures of, mm-hmm. of someone else mm-hmm. in the roles that they were playing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's. But yeah, it, it's a great little action film. It's it fun to watch. Um,
1: Remake. I don't because you know that. I mean, a lot of that. The, the the concept was actually kind of sound. The way they pulled yeah. it off actually worked. Uh, but, sure. But so much of that was, in fact... And I think the comparison, I think Jeff actually plays into it. Seagal versus Busey and Tommy Lee Jones. Right. That, that actually is a part of the energy and chemistry that makes that movie work. So a remake, I'm just like... I don't know, man. I mean, you got your plot, but it... it it, the plot's not
3: hard to replicate,
1: and well, exactly. But you don't watch Under Siege,
3: yeah, for the plot. You watch it for the performance. You watch it for what a
1: Steven Seagal movie is at its very finest, uh-huh. with also those performances. That's really what that movie is. So I, 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 I think know. I agree with you that that's his
0: best
3: film it, because, oh, hands down. Oh, you know, Hard yeah, for comparison. Death, Hard to Kill, all <laughs> the, the fact other that you ones. Know them kind of disappoints. It's, me. <laughs> they're. It's Jeff. They're ridiculous action movies with yeah. martial arts. Mart. Yeah, and and
1: some of them veer into the the almost comic um, realm. Comic realm, straight the cable type of thing. But Under Siege
3: is a movie yeah. that deserves to be on the screen. Deserves to be because a, theater, a theatrical ca- release, choose scenery in those early action films. I mean, he's. I mean, the the one liners just ridiculously over the top. Mm-hmm. But then you get into Under Siege. Yeah, he has a few of the one-liners, but his character just seems to be more, I don't know, professional. It's just like, okay, this is the job I've got to do. This right. is how I've got to do it. And then he leaves it up to the, I don't want to say better actors, but definitely more refined actors. I, and say better actors. In <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> um, you could go either way with Gary Busey. I mean, he's... He's definitely had a career. But <laughs> he's had a career. Cary yeah. Busey's definitely yeah. had a career. He's had, had a career of being Carrie Busey. Yes, That's the thing. Um, yeah. wow. Well, it's so, really
1: funny. We're, we're hitting on this weird theme of when actors kind of veered into their caricature. Because mm. I'm trying to think, and I'm wondering if... He if, wasn't
3: that exaggerated in Lethal Weapon, the very first film. Right. And, 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 and it was and, after uh, that it seemed like and, he became... And,
1: What about Tommy Lee Jones? Because I think Tommy Lee Jones, it's sort of a similar way. Although he still... He goes goes back back and and, forth. He goes back and forth because Men in Black,
3: he's phenomenal. Super stoic. Very... Phenomenal in his control. Emotionless, Mm -hmm. uh, doing the job. Although Men in Black 3... There's a moment at the end of the film where he actually lets the, you know, lets the armor down for a second. Right. And he has that really nice moment with Will Smith. Tear Uh
2: Yeah, it really was.
3: Have you, have you not seen Men I, in Black
2: 3? I've seen it. I don't remember crying. Oh. Well, Aww. except for wanting my money back. No, I, I'm kidding. It wasn't oh, that bad. It wasn't ow. bad. Oh, two was bad. Ow. That was yeah, bad. Yeah, two was bad, but the Ooh. three
3: three kind of surprised me. Ow. That, ow. Three was okay. Ooh. Well, three for me. I
1: mean, I love I love Jones and and Smith in the sure. in that franchise, but three for me with Josh Brolin. Yeah,
3: Brolin played fucking a. Talk that... about a character playing another character yes. playing another character. <laughs> yes. Brolin yes. perfectly was, channeled Tommy Lee Jones was playing Agent K.
1: He was magnificent. Yeah. It was it was I loved Brolin for doing that. Yeah. I I,
3: I already liked him. I, I mean, mean you he know. had the inflections down in yes. the speech pattern, yes. you know, the the slight accent. He had it. I yes. mean, and then the mannerisms too. When you're watching him, you're like,
1: "And I it's feel a like a controlled I'm roll- character." Yes, you know he's not
3: he's not making uh, he's not recreating big exuberant. And he was definitely playing the character where he showed a little more emotion prior right. to the event that caused him to become the K that you see in the first right. two films.
2: Yeah, he's not Robert Stack impersonating Robert Stack. Yeah. But just Brolin's performance
3: was just amazing. I mean, yes, he had, was. you know, the way that he walked, the way, you know, he picked up, you know, items that he was going to use in the yes. film. Just it, it's like, you're looking at it. It's like, it definitely seems like a young Tommy Lee Jones. This
1: conversation is making me want to watch it again. Yeah.
2: Come on, Todd. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll watch it just for the Flight of the Concords guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agree so, yeah. to disagree. So
1: um, James Gunn should direct Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon 5. <laughs> That's
2: where we came with that. And apparently direct men in Black Four. <laughs> and you
1: know, I'd like to I'll, hey let's let him take a stab at Under Siege. <laughs> the the director, the director, yes. he's he's an action, he's a martial arts actor. I, I would say expect even more martially arts. Because one of the things about Seagal <clears throat> it's not just the Aikido stuff, because he does a lot of gunplay as well. Yeah. And uh and knife play yes. in and, that film. And this the so and this guy, I mean the the raid and the knife. Yeah, knight, if you turn this up to raid levels, I I might be there for this. this is that would be insane. I hope he figures out how to get uh I can never pronounce his name correctly, Ui. Uh, the the iwu e, uber bowl. I <laughs> know.
2: Uh, yeah, let's get Uwe bowl. Damn, no. <laughs>
1: it's the it's the martial artist who was in the raid. Oh, okay. And the, oh. the, 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 his go to guy. That I mean, the young looking. He he almost looks like a kid, but the guy is like fucking lightning in a bottle. He's very fast, and it, it's he really makes it. But anyway, it could be you know it. Well, it'll be. It'll be a good action movie, but the thing that made Under Siege what it is, I, um, you know, okay. So he's got the boat plot. All right, good. Yeah. Do your boat movie. <laughs> it's a, it's, you know, it's a good template. Yes. Yeah. For, for what he does. Sure. Well, yeah. Cause the whole, the whole thing is you're trapped in X. Yep. Right. And fight your way out. Fight your way out. Yeah. There you go. Weekend
2: Geek! Yay! Woo-hoo. Stuff we like. Weekend Geek. This week's Weekend Geek is brought to us by Jake Gonbold.
3: Really? Yes. Holy
2: shit. Yes. Apologist for Hellraiser 3. <laughs> Lover of all things barbecue salad. <laughs> Winner of Horror Trivial Pursuit. you son of a gun. The guy who Wait. takes a shower in his own bedroom. Right. And that's why he's, he's bringing this up. He, he wants us to pimp his GoFundMe, and I don't... Blame the man. Oh yeah, he's he's got himself into a horrible apartment contract, and I I think it's actually being haunted by a very gross ghost. By the looks of things, right? Strange hair that isn't his coming out of holes and weird bugs
1: drains. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't 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 phrase it that way. (laughs) We, I mean, well, actually, no, phrase it that way because that'll help the GoFundMe. Probably he's got
2: strange (laughs) hairs coming out of holes, folks. Right. So if you can help him out, he's got a GoFundMe on the Shock Monkey's lair. I'll also put a link to this on the show. But if you want the actual link, and it's hard to make this link memorable because it's a GoFundMe link. You know, it's it's GoFund.me slash, and then it's a bunch of numbers and letters. So it's not a whole bunch of them. So I will just read them as a speak and spell to help you remember Mm -hmm. it a little better. So here's the link. GoFund.me slash b 3 f 3, C, 8, B, C. See, it's all there. It's all there. I did it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Okay,
3: Andy. As somebody that's had some experience with this, Jake, don't be afraid to break your lease because the lease is two-sided. If they aren't taking care of issues right away, they can't hold you to your end of the lease as well. Plus, Damn. many Damn right. states have tenant protection laws which you might have to look into because I had to break a lease because my ownership was not doing repairs. Mine wasn't as bad as yours. I was taking a shower, and the ceiling collapsed in on me while I was in the shower. Granted, it wasn't the whole thing. It was just a big chunk of it. There you go. But still, when you're covered in garbage after you had just taken a shower, it was not pleasant. No, it's awful. And and then the, uh, the... manager tried to blame me for not telling them ahead of time that there was water stains on the ceiling which i actually had documented proof that i had told them multiple times you
1: don't fuck
3: with jeff
2: no no you don't you
3: don't fuck with jeff i told them multiple times that there were water stains on the ceiling above my shower head that meant that there was a leak and they had kept saying well we have to see it when it's wet so that we can detect where the actual leak is coming from oh well and i'm like that makes "Um, sense no, you don't. You just don't want to cut into the ceiling. <laughs>
1: Water stains on the ceiling, pink champagne on ice. But J- Jake's just a prisoner there. Yes, he is. Of his own device. <laughs> I don't know. I kind like of so liked. So I kind of liked
3: Todd's lyric there. <laughs> I feel for you, man. I've been yeah. I've been there. It's not fun. Please, but, guys,
1: help out, Jeff. You know yeah, what? Absolutely. Um, over the years, over the years, help out, Jake, not Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean over, you can help out
2: Jeff if you want. Well, yeah, I mean, I just just I write more criticisms
1: of his speaking because yeah. that, that apparently does actually have an impact. Well, you know, it's it's <laughs> apparently you can reach you know, the man apparently. You know, <laughs> but I've had uh, uh, kit troubles. Mm-hmm. I've had serious issues, and Jake has always come through for me when it comes to uh dropping on the on the gofundme absolutely and he's definitely uh, been there for uh for geek shock yeah. for a while now so uh if you can possibly
2: Cake is yeah, jake is one of the cake, cake is wonderful cake. cake is awesome there's
3: your nickname the, for the end of the show commander cake <laughs> at the
2: end of the day cake no, Jake has been an absolute mensch to the show. Yes. He's, he's actually been a friend to all of us. If you can help him out, please do. Please don't go to his GoFundMe and help out a good guy. He really does deserve it. And on a side note, Jeff, I also had to break Elise because she was being a right bitch. Oh. Oh. oh, oh no, I'm kidding. Okay, I know. It was a bad joke. Oh, but poor say, Elise. Say no to do- domestic violence. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Weekend geek. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it, this one makes me mad. Oh, this one makes me mad because it had to happen this week, and we oh. have to talk about it this week because it happened this week. All right. And it's it's got nerd waves to it.
1: Nerd yeah. waves. Yeah. But it
2: had to fucking happen when Matt was out of state.
3: Oh, another streaming service. Oh no, I know. Where, I think I know where he's going with this yeah. one.
2: Lucasfilm has extended Kathleen Kennedy's contract through twenty twenty four. Uh, that gives her at least three more years as president of Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm is currently developing several live-action shows, uh, three films also in development, being pre- developed by Kevin Fige, uh, Taika, w- Taika Waititi, and uh, Taika. not so more uh, Patty Jenkins, whose project was recently delayed. Uh, but Kathleen Kennedy, good on you. Pro- Proving the, the funky nerds wrong.
3: Oh, God. Funky what, was the, what was the one that Dayton Ward... Uh, Friend of the podcast, as well as prolific author. Uh, sorry, I dropped a name there. Do it, uh, drop it. <laughs> he posted a little meme. It was like, it has been X number of days since Kathleen Kennedy was fired. Yeah, and it always resets to zero every time <clears throat> something like this happens. He does that. It it it's, it's hilarious. hilarious. And, he, he, <laughs> and he's doing it because he's actually uh, trying to aggravate the man babies because he keeps saying, "It's like, come on, let her let's just let her do her job." Yeah, top.
0: he does aggravate too.
1: They don't know what they're doing because you just can't. Send a contract so she never knows when it's coming.
2: It'll be coming. <laughs> oh, this is a, this is a rug pull. Is yes, what you're
1: exactly. It's just like three more years. When? When? When's it gonna happen? She doesn't know. It'll drive her crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Change my diaper. Oh boy. It is just funny. Like it's like it's like. The band baby is like, she's literally days away from getting fired. And Jesus then it's like, Christ. Disney extends Kathleen Kennedy's contract. Dude, I, mean, I, I told
1: you I saw on a Twitter. This was years ago. Yes. When, when like her extension was first put up mm-hmm. the first time. And uh, uh, somebody actually said, as, as a lawyer who's worked in legal contracts and everything, I can tell you this actually is the beginning of the end for her. <laughs> and <laughs> it was just like... What? Oh, as a lawyer. <laughs> yes. Ugh. It was just like, they'll because they never announce uh, contract extensions for CEOs or studio execs. So when they announce it, that's when you know it's coming.
0: <laughs> Unless it was, you're Disney.
1: Well, it was funny because then people just started dropping in on the thread, and oh, so and so's contract was extended. So and so's contract was just announced as extended. They just annu- and they just went boom, 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 and it was it, it was hilarious because it's uh. like you're you're hitting a level of delusion.
3: Yeah, it's just it's amazing. It's it's it really is like because the the first time when her contract was close to being done. And before the the announcement of the, uh, the new contract or the extension, because I, I, I think the first contract, it was just a new contract because it gave her like a raise and stuff. It wasn't an extension. But I remember how much the man babies were just like, this is it. Her, she's get. She's not gonna get her contract renewed. She's gonna be out, and they're gonna bring in somebody Trusted that's better. Blah, sources, blah, blah, blah. yeah, that's one of that's yeah. one of
1: Dayton's favorite phrases. That was
3: like on and on and on, and then all of a sudden Disney announced that they've signed her to this new contract, and she's gonna be around until I think it was twenty. Because is it this year that her contract expired, or that that's why they renewed her to twenty twenty four, or was it the? At any rate, I'm not sure. By the way, it's got yeah it's though. like every it's time multiple extensions yes yeah, exactly it's it's not
2: jesus she, christ she, i wish i was someone, fired
3: as much as she gets fired she is someone <laughs> who at the end of the day is successful at her job she does a really good job with it yeah i may not have liked every single star wars movie that came out but i like the effort that's being put into it and let's face facts disney is not gonna keep renewing or extending a contract for somebody that they don't like. Sure. And there is this or sh- that is not good at their job.
2: And there's this to keep in mind as well. She is the hand picks successor to George Lucas. Yeah. Lucas chose her.
3: Yeah, try to remind them how many uh movies that they absolutely love she co-produced. The Indiana Jones series, yeah. Jurassic Park. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So I mean, it's on not and on. It's not on something and on that She's alien to right she knows what she's doing,
2: yeah, you know some uh, while I was reading uh this article and trying to put it together for the show, um, I saw that it had a comment section, so oh I, boy, my fries needed a little salt, so I just went oh reading for a little while God. <laughs> Wow. Anything entertaining? Oh, oh, it's all entertaining. It's all the same thing. How could this be? And it's like, there's like one comment. It's like, the movies haven't been that bad. And you know that person yep. is a troll. You yes. know that person is uh, yeah. there just to put some screws to I, the I, I the, bet you it was Scott nail. Schofield. <laughs> it could very well uh-huh. be. And of course, it's like, are you you think you're a comedian? Is You think that's <laughs> funny? <laughs>
3: and they're probably like yes yes i am and i think it's hilarious because you're literally getting pissed off at something that has nothing to do with you there are
2: millions of us who hated them the comment section was a waterfall of tears and it was just so my fries never tasted better god almighty god almighty (laughs) uh disney plus day happened uh, here's kind of a rundown of the highlights. There wasn't a whole lot of them. Uh, Disney Studios has already announced a massive amount of things prior to this. So all they really did was have a bunch of sizzle reels. Uh, but they did have a bit of Hulu news. Uh, can conf- Exactly. As they confirmed a new prequel film set in the Predator universe that is coming to Hulu. Where's my place? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Director Dan Trachtenberg is putting together the films called Prey for Hulu, which is set 300 years ago. The main protagonist is Naru, played by Legion's Amber Mid-Thunder, a member of the Comanche nation who wants to prove her worth as a skilled and deadly warrior. She gets her chance when, quote, a highly evolved alien predator attacks the tribe, unquote. Mm. And also, another week, we don't have Matt for what was obviously designed for a week of Matt news. Uh, the classic X Men animated series. Oh, yeah. Turned an entire generation of kids into Marvel fans back in the 90s, Matt being one of them. And now Disney Plus is taking us back to that universe for a new run of adventures in the X Men 97. The show looks to, presumably, pick up where the old animated series left off, bringing those versions of these characters back and seeing where all those dangling stories might have gone all these years later. So X-Men 97 is slated to start streaming in 2023.
3: Yeah, like they're bringing back a lot of the voice cast, producers, some of the writers. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I wasn't big into that animated series. I watched it here and there, but I wasn't like a hardcore fan of it. Not that there was anything wrong with it, just had other things that I was seemed right. to be more into at that time. Because also it was like I was in high school when that came out. Because it was like ninety one, right? Ninety two when it came Kids out. Kid stuff.
1: You don't want to be bothered. And with
3: that. I just I was I was getting more into to like film and, and less as much as television. Yeah. So I was going to see yeah. more movies and so Skin forth. Skinamax. cocaine. Uh, okay, sure. You know. So I just <laughs> saying, I just, you know. I never went back to, I guess, pick up on it and and you know watch it from the beginning. But with this with this continuation, I would probably be interested in it.
2: This is so huge that Mrs. Yeah. Maple Leaf better watch out because this seems like something Matt would have traded an immortal soul for. So just just be careful, all of you around Maple Leaf Matt right now, because because more X Men animated series. I think that's his number one bucket list for. Yeah, I'd give up my soul for that. Yeah actually
1: actually Todd it, it kind of explains Meg.
2: <laughs> Meg Meg is the Double the deep consort She's the familiar. She's
1: the price. She's the price. She's the price. <laughs>
2: She's the price. And, right? That theme. Uh, and also the uh, hmm? two, the two thousand three book series Spiderwick Chronicles from co creators Holly Black and Tony Dur Deter- is also coming to Disney Plus as a new live-action series. The story follows the adventures of the Grace family as they move into their great-uncle's home, Spiderwick Estate. Almost immediately, the Grace kids stumble upon secret rooms in the house, including a hidden library that points to more secrets in and around the estate. Eventually, they uncover an entire secret world of fairy creatures they never knew existed, launching them into a series of adventures. And, And that's pretty much the new things that Disney Plus announced for their big Disney Plus day. The cool thing about the Spiderwick, I remember the movie
1: cuz Dieter Leese a, has a very unique style and his uh creature concepts are have a very very distinct look to them and seeing them in the movie it was really cool cuz I'm a big Dieter Leese fan. He's actually one of the few artists I actually bought some original art. Oh, nice. So, um Seeing that there'll be a series and no doubt stuff is going to be based on his concept art is going to, that all ought to be exciting. I, I think so. so.
3: And here I keep thinking you were trying to repeat a pretender's lyric. Go ahead, Jeff. No.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the right people will get it. Oh, oh, the right people.
3: Uh, not in this room. Oh, <laughs> my goodness.
2: Yeah, the right people. Yeah. Where'd that come from? That came from my mouth.
1: Wow. Wow. Don't say that very often.
0: Oh, God.
1: That felt dirty. Right?
0: <laughs>
2: dirty. Yeah, you like it. <laughs> uh, the next thing I'm not too excited for, but I know a few people that are going to be. AMC Theaters has announced its plan to, quote, capture a piece of the growing multi-billion dollar popcorn market by allowing consumers to access their company's popcorn beyond the confines of their local theater. Starting next year, AMC will open a number of kiosks, counters, and stores specifically devoted to the sale of freshly made popcorn, quote, and other movie theater treats, unquote, <laughs> at select malls throughout the United States. Why is this not news you don't give a shit about? I thought I would, but you're the guy that goes like, I went to Galaxy and I just bought a big bags of their popcorn, which is so damn good.
3: Yeah, but I also did that to help keep the employees working and also because I got a gift card to go and back and see a movie when the theater reopened. Yeah,
1: he did that to help. To help. Because he cared. Yeah. And and here you are making it all about popcorn.
2: I, yeah.
3: I'm a bad I mean, man. You Kirsten went and did the same thing.
2: Exactly. So I'm like, people here care about popcorn. Yeah, I did I it for the give, popcorn. I couldn't, yeah, exactly. He, know, he knows where his popcorn's buttered. That's all over, baby.
1: It's like when you make that request and they're like halfway up the bucket and they just, stop just filling don't. it and then stop. and then they put it under the machine and the machine's like, please no. And then they go and they get the rest of it and put it on there and
3: they shake it up a little bit. It has been zero days since Kirsten made the episode dirty.
1: <laughs> and then they can go back to the, the butter dispenser and then...
2: Kirsten is the Michael Winslow of Geek Shock. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I got to have something because we got the Rich Little <laughs> sitting across from me. I got to have something. Stop your insulting Rich Little. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh. little cell phone there. I, I wow. That, Jeff. wow. Yeah, I know. Jeff never does that. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> The plan is to open 15 of these retail locations by the end of 2022, with significantly more, quote-unquote, planned for 2023 and beyond. In addition, the chain is launching a takeout and home delivery service run out of nearby theaters. (gasps) Quote: Home delivery? In this way, consumers will be able to enjoy a slice of the AMC experience when being entertained at home. Slice? promises the official release you don't slice popcorn you don't do you no uh, amc is also uh, has, is going to have a line of pre-packaged and ready to pop microwavable popcorn said to his supermarket, and market and convenience store shelves not the same thing though yeah dude that that just took me down a notch
1: because obviously that's what it's all about they're going to introduce the microwave popcorn and then they're going to close all the kiosks yeah. eventually, and then they'll have their microwave popcorn
3: out there. You're right. The fresh popped is a loss leader to get people to buy the. There you go. See a uh, marketing tool. Jeff, and then as soon as, Jeff sees right through it. Yeah,
2: as soon I see as, right through it. There's, <laughs> there, there's, 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 there's no way that home popped popcorn in the microwave is ever movie popcorn. I know. Yep. I mean, where are you going to get
1: the? Oh, you. Apparently. I mean, well. I mean, you could, but... <laughs> I'm not gonna.
3: You, well, yeah. Even the movie and, theater And if you butter, do, I'm not gonna eat it. <laughs> even the movie theater butter flavored... Oh, yeah, uh, movie theater. Microwave popcorn is not nearly as no, good. No, it's
1: not. No, it's not. And
3: microwave tends to be a little too salty.
1: I mean, you know, Andy will like it. Because <laughs> it's all salty and shit.
2: Andy will eat it. He eats anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I was gonna, gonna say. Get what, all
1: salty. What doesn't Andy eat? They'll just put, you know, Andy... And this is Andy style, salty. (laughs) Just salty. can you know. We're gonna
2: change his bio on the. There you
1: go.
3: On the the webpage.
1: And fact check Andy. So
3: you're gonna say say on the shelf, it's gonna say movie theater butter, regular fact check Andy. Yes. Okay, you you
1: just You just talk movie themes to that popcorn and it'll get saltier as you
3: just sit there talking.
1: (laughs) And then I'll come along. (laughs) So, so. Is the Thanks way that you get along.
3: the fact-check flavor popcorn to pop is to sell, tell it that you don't like the uh, Johnny Quest theme as much as uh, oh, be careful Cowboy Bebop, and then it just automatically starts popping without the microwave? Be well, careful
2: with that. You'll have soy sauce before long. <laughs> there you go.
3: Ooh, Andy soy sauce. No.
2: <laughs> Andy soy.
3: Andy
1: soy. Gonna make your... i will let you work on that. Rice. <laughs> salty. I don't know. Yeah, that needs a lot of work. Low main, gonna make the low main something. No, high remember. main, it's gonna make it high main. High main. Yeah. Andy sauce, Andy soy, gonna make the high maintenance. Oh, Jesus. Salty. Andy, so- uh, oh, work in progress. It's my yeah. way or the high
2: main. Pat
1: will fix it in post. No, he won't. <laughs> I don't think that can be fixed.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. After the success of 112263 and Castle Rock, ah. Hulu is going back to Stephen King for a feature length adaptation of The Boogeyman. Uh, Rob Savage, who did host and dash cam, has been hired to direct the project. Black Swan co creator Mark Heyman is riding with some help from A Quiet Places Scott Beck and Brian Woods. One of King's many, many short stories. The Boogeyman was originally published in a 1973 issue of Cavalier before it was collected in 1978's Night Shift. Cavalier. Yeah, the the men's magazine, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah. yeah. The tale of terror is framed via a conversation between a psychiatrist and their patient, one who was traumatized as a child by the Boogeyman. The two-hour film will have to greatly deviate from the source material by centering uh, the narrative around a teenage girl and her little brother who find themselves stalked by the sadistic boogeyman following the unexpected death of their mother. What? The two characters <laughs> must convince their grieving father of the threat before it's too late. What the fuck did I just read? Why is this in this section? This the boogeyman Is the third Night Shift related project of the last year after Chapel Wait, an epic series based on Jerusalem's Lot, and the upcoming podcast adaptation of Strawberry Spring by Audio Up Media. Boogeyman is, in Night Shift, probably the simplest of all plots with that really quick twist ending. Mm. It's it's a very simple story, effective, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like, oh, what a twist. And you can't. Turn that story into a movie. It's that, that story. You can't hang a movie on it. It's too short. Hmm. It, it's meant for a small well, taste. Apparently. So, but now it looks like the lawnmower manning this shit. And I, I have no idea what that plot is. How did you find your way here? That's
1: incredible. You know, it, uh, my you mentioned Night Shift. You know, my favorite, my favorite uh, from Night Shift is when Michael Keaton says they should be called love God, brokers. God, God
2: damn it. <laughs> okay.
3: That's... I was afraid that's where it was going.
1: To <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, damn you, it. Damn it. Jeff is guessing. You, this you, sucks.
3: Yeah, you totally threw me when you said uh, Cavalier because I was like, wait, I was about to say, was like, is it, wasn't it in Night Shift as well? And then the next line, I was like, oh, okay. Ah. 'Cause uh, that's where I remember good sure. from. fake out. Good y- fake out. Young
2: Stephen King, yeah. th- when he was sending short stories, they were mostly published in Men's Magazine. Oh
1: yeah. You just you you want to open up those mags and get that popcorn
2: yeah. and that like the yeah, only really old men's magazines are actually worth something. <laughs> oh
3: Jesus. Get okay, get that butter, huh?
1: That <laughs> <laughs> yep, movie theater butter. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, he yawned through that line.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crept up on me. <laughs> we all yawned at that story. Apparently, it's just, uh, yeah,
1: I loved watching you. I did, you know. Shit, we, goddamn it, we've got to get the individual cams because <laughs> your reading that story was great. It just I, you I, just I fell apart. You you were just like you got upset. you your Stephen and it was really funny. Because you're reading this and what's going through my mind is I'm just, I'm so happy because after all these decades, King is getting, he's getting the treatment he deserves in adaptions, I think. You know, a lot of the TV and a lot of the movie stuff that's been coming out lately is finally at a level that he kind of deserves.
2: I don't don't know about that. I think it's always been that way. Now, there was a time that... Stephen King kind of disappeared from the movie screens. I'd say, you know, late nineties, early aughts, you know, you got the occasional thing, but they were, they were just okay. Uh, but I mean, the the first salvo is, you know, Carrie. Well, sure. You know, and and the shining. And even though it's a very different (sighs) than the novel, it's considered one of the best horror films of all time by many. And then, uh, Pet Cemetery. No, that no Pet Cemetery, that original Pet Cemetery movie is a solid, solid piece of horror work. Yeah. I, I will stand behind well, that, that for it my, is. That is great, great stuff. For the sister flashbacks alone, it is amazing.
3: Hmm. And not to mention King's own like love and hate relationship with the adaptations of his work. Well, sure. He, sure. He it's like some of them he really liked and then some of them he was just absolutely disowned. The
1: best, he said, the best thing that can happen to a writer is Hollywood options your book and then never makes the movie.
3: <laughs> That's true. Although you get, made, get more money if they do make it. Because I don't, Cujo not as...
2: Well, he changed the ending.
3: Yeah, okay. I was, I was trying to remember what it was about Cujo that was not, Exactly the same as the book. I mean, it, it veered, I remember, and it was the ending. That's right. They
2: talk about, a lot of people talk that, uh, of Stephen King's books, Yeah. Uh, of the earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's made some dark stuff later. Sure. Uh, but of his earlier stuff, a lot of people say that Pet Cemetery is his darkest novel. In fact, King himself said that that was his darkest novel for the longest time. I would hazard to say Cujo is probably his darkest novel.
3: Yeah. I read Cujo, and I was just like,
2: that That will not what? lift your heart.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I remember the movie being fairly terrifying when, yeah. and when, the, the you're, when you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, but yeah, there's, I mean, and there's some ones that are kind of middling, like Christine. Christine right? has some good moments, but it's not the best work. No. And uh, some of the other ones based on the short stories, like uh, Cat's Eye. Sure. It's got some great moments in it. Great moments. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, but of course, there's the big stinkers. You know, Lawnmower Man's probably the best known of the, mm-hmm. the crappers, but... Mm-hmm. And, and like this, it's a title where the story's like, that wasn't the big... But again, the Lawnmower Man short story is nowhere near in it, in that movie at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And you couldn't do that. That would not make a movie at all. Mm. It's, it's about a guy that is a actual lawnmower man. You hire to mow the lawn, except that he kind of takes it all into himself and exudes basically grass and just sucks it all in it's a whole different creature it has nothing to do with vr
3: yeah and not to mention that Hmm. you know hollywood's fascination with trying to take the new emerging technology completely un you know not understanding it and then putting it in a film and you're just like going what because yeah i mean yeah you're right completely far from the source material but they're their exhibition of what VR was and how it could be used was ridiculous. I mean, even by cinematic standards, it was ridiculous.
2: And I'm not one of the people that hates that movie. When I saw it, I was somewhat entertained by it. I thought there were some neat ideas in there at the time. If I watched it now, I'd probably say, what was I thinking? Yeah, I I didn't like it. And of course I can't imagine what lawnmower man two was like. But oh, I that happened. They,
3: yeah. I forgot they made a sequel. It was like direct to video or something.
2: The first lawnmower man made some, made some money. Yeah,
1: I did. think, I think lawnmower man too. He was a riding mower. I think he was. Yeah. And he
2: sucked in the green stuff. Yeah. yeah exuded it.
1: But you right you righted him. I don't know. I had nothing. I had nowhere to go with that. <laughs> so I just, I winged it. Where'd
2: you go with it? Write to us. <laughs> Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And let's keep this conversation going. Kofi members. Let's talk about it in the discord. And, uh, if you're not part of Kofi, let's talk about it on the Facebook page. As this is a, I I I want to know what your favorite Stephen King, the good Stephen King movies and the bad ones, so the the ones in the middle. Eh, let's ignore those. What are the what are the great ends?
3: Where do you rank Langoliers?
2: <laughs> uh, you know what? I absolutely adore that story. Really, the 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 one from Four Past Midnight.
3: Oh, I I was referring to the, the ABC adaptation, right. the TV movie that was. Oh, mini-series, mini sorry. The, the
2: story is there. Yes. The effects weren't. It's, yeah. It's, the, it's a really <laughs> creepy story, but they just could not figure out how to make that monster work. Yeah. So, uh, that's you know what? That's one I wouldn't mind seeing them tackle again. Like as a I, remake? Yes. That is one okay. I think with today's technology, they could actually make it interesting and disturbing. Okay. So, so Langoliers, Yeah. Steve, it's got to happen, right? Everybody wants to do Stephen King projects these days. So take it. Figure it out. You got it. Do it. Yeah. Do Do it. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I I remember really
3: liking, I I haven't seen it since, but I remember really liking The Stand as the the, the TV miniseries with with, Gary Sinise.
2: With what they had to work with, they told that story pretty well in that TV series. I mean, it's not a
3: one-to-one adaptation. Nothing ever No, of course not. But I think it's as close as I had
2: hoped it would be. And you're making it for network TV, so everything gets dialed down quite a bit.
3: I mean, I was was honestly amazed at the amount of goriness that they exhibited in the very first episode showing the masses of people that were taken out by the virus. That was effective. And that was pretty, I, I won't say groundbreaking for TV, but it was not something you would normally expect. On a TV miniseries, because I remember looking at that and going, wow, that's some great makeup effects and not at all what I was expecting. I thought they were going to gloss over the whole uh, pandemic thing and they did not.
2: Right. And frankly, I'll take that version over the one they did for Paramount Plus. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that version of Randall Flagg than the Paramount Plus version. M O O N, that
3: Jamie spells something. TV. Yeah, <laughs> that played Randall Flag in the TV miniseries.
1: I, I I I enjoyed the hell out of Salem's Lot, even though there were
3: departures there. Sure, but that got creepy as hell. But
2: I mean, that was a TV movie. They did a good job with that.
3: Yeah, yeah. We're practically going into a whole nother episode here. Kind of. Right? <laughs> well, you
1: could with yeah, you know, yeah.
3: Stephen King stuff. Sure. Still, well, it's still I, I. It seeds for the discussion on the yeah. the social yeah. medias for our plant see where they for our out. fan base.
2: Speaking of the plant, that's still a Stephen King story. I, I don't think I've read, and I think he finally released that. Hmm. hmm. Uh, that, that was one hmm. of the that was one of the chase books way back in the day when they was doing some small press stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, My pretty pony and the plant are, are were the two stories that were extremely limited edition. You could only get them limited. I think. My Pretty Pony, I think, came out later, but I'm still not sure if The Plant ever was ever... I think that might have been turned into a comic book. I don't know. I'm kind of just riding the wave of my brain. Mm. What about The Mangler? Based what? based on a short story, turned it chopped up and turned into an overlong movie for what the story was. Oh. The, the idea was the same, but it didn't deserve to be a movie. Stephen King's short stories shouldn't be movies. They should be part of an anthology. They work that way. They're short goddamn stories. Right. Jeez.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, little, Andy. I'm a little passionate. My goodness, I I, I feel strong. But
2: he's wow. not
3: wrong. <laughs> I, I, I okay. then neither is Andy.
2: Andy's always right. Um, <laughs> 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 wow. And I want to thank our Kofi members, especially our brand new one. Two is one. Thank you so much for joining our Kofi. King Vald once again sending us a one-off, and is already a member. So thank you so much. And I want to thank our Buckfast and Haggis members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Martin Tierney, and our Fireball Whiskey tier King Vol, Deb T, and David Ferrar. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, who's part of the Kofi. And join us in the Discord. There's so many interesting discussions happening that we've had to create their own channels just to say, if you want to talk about books, this is where you go. If you want to talk about our episodes, this is where you go. So, we're always creating new places to talk about geeky things.
3: I love that they even have a Sports Hammer
2: Discord channel. Sports, sports. Hammer. Yep. Very nice. Yeah. That's a place to talk about sports and Warhammer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mostly it's sports. So. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that.
3: Agree to disagree. <laughs> I
2: just Disagree. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Cake. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I'm glad you held on to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Jeff he, told me to. He did.
1: You know.
3: Not expecting he
2: would actually do it. Well, well Jeff, you, well,
1: you told me to. Barry Barry says no, and you're you, you, you you're more positive. You offer stuff. So. Yeah.
3: yeah. Thank I, you. I, I give you the underhanded slow pitch, there and then you, you right. knock it out yeah. of the park. Hey, yeah. if, if, sure. if you want to say I did. I will accept that you know well maybe you hit a single and you get Barry is
2: the antithesis Uh. of improv and Jeff you embody it (laughs) (laughs) I think you give
3: me too much credit oh my